Welcome to the Quartering Podcast for Monday, the 31st of October. First up, Elon Musk just dropped a huge Twitter bombshell and he fired the entire board. Well, 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 over the weekend there was a little bit of discovery going on at Twitter by the head twit. I've probably got four or five uh, videos on all the crazy stuff that's happened. Also covering uh, everything else trying to bring you some topic diversity today too so make sure you leave a like on the video and if you haven't yet please do click that subscribe button down below it's very difficult to get uh youtube to notify uh my viewers when i have new videos out now interesting little bit of news over the weekend let's start with elon musk quote uh tweeting out uh the twitter board deliberately hid evidence from the court now if you look into kind of the the meat and potatoes of this this could be uh a uh a, a move to find enough reason to not pay these huge golden parachute pay- payments which i 100 percent understand why he'd want to do that but you see tesla ceo uh, uh i'm sorry ceo elon musk has accused twitter former board of directors and the company's lawyers of deliberately hiding evidence. By the way, he disbanded the board today too. Hmm. Must tweeted Sunday that the Twitter board and the company's lawyers, the law firm Watchel, Rosen, Lipton, and Katz, hid evidence from the court. He asked his 112 million Twitter followers on Twitter to, quote, stay tuned as more was to come. Now, he did tweet this out, and I want to explain. Oh, it just gets so much deeper. So he tweets this out, right? Watchtel and Twitter board deliberately hid evidence from the court. Stay tuned, more to come. So you see Yoel Roth, who's a high up Twitter up, which I'll get through here in a second, um, writing, but also, LOL, if Amir continues to BS me, my escalation route is Amir's OKRs are essentially based on fraudulent metrics. These are, he's referring to the bots. And he doesn't care and may actively be trying to hide the ball literally doing what Elon is accusing us of. Now I asked, I said, Hey, can you explain this to me? Like I'm eight. And so what they, what essentially this happens is Yoel Roth is the head of safety and integrity at Twitter. Elon paid full price to get access. Now people are saying Elon paid full price to get access to the withheld information in the case, which he'll now try to get some of that money back. Also, as a reason not to pay severance to executives. What are OKRs? Well, o- their objectives and key results. So essentially, he's talking about that person's objectives and key results are uh, you know, the bot accounts. So this is a huge potential bombshell, and it, and it actually gets much, much deeper. Internal messages showing that employees were doing what we thought they were. Um, so it's it's... It's a pretty big deal, and it goes further than that. It goes deeper than that because there's even more. Uh, You see here Nick Floor tweeting, looks like the Twitter board was hiding data to force the buyout of Elon Musk. The leftist bots and woke amplifiers are real is what I'm guessing. Well, we don't know that for sure yet, but it doesn't look good. You know, and you see who's watched tell. So they're the ones that were kind of forcing the deal through. And this individual, and Elon did uh, respond to Yoel 
or about Yol or whatever, uh, or Joel. Why do I keep saying Yol? Why do I, why, why am I assuming that is, but I want to put out, you know, he writes, this isn't surprising. Yol Roth is, oh yeah, it is Yol, is a nasty individual. Should have been the first person fired. Yol Roth once called Trump actual Nazis and a racist tangerine and used his opinion to justify censoring Trump tweets. Elon then responds, we've all made some questionable tweets, me more than most, but I want to be clear that I support Yol. My sense is that he has a high integrity and that we're all entitled to our political beliefs. Well, of course he wants to support Yol because he's his... He's his uh, source for the for the data. You know, he's his source for all of the data on this. You see, you can't have someone who admits he hates half the country be neutral, clean house, or nothing really will change. You see some of Yol's old tweets. I'm just saying we fly over states that voted for a racist tangerine for a reason. Here is another one. Yes, the person in pink hat is clearly a bigger threat to your brand of feminism than actual Nazis in the White House. Today I meet the press. We're speaking with Goebbels. He says, how, how, do, how does a personality-free bag of, I don't know what, Mitch McConnell actually win an election? Again, he is entitled. He is entitled to his opinions. But it does, when they're this vitriolic and this... Um, uh, this like emotional probably begs the question of like, you know, <laughs> maybe he's not into it. High integrity to think a year ago today that top oh, homo chef fans everywhere looking at what? I don't even know what that means. He's allowed to be thirsty. You see, someone with integrity assumes a positive intent. You're right. The person you disagree with, President Obama, has nothing to do with his party. It has to do with the fact that he's black. Oh, I was just calling everyone racist. Again, so people have been on this guy's case for a very long time. Well, what did Elon Musk do? Disbands the entire board, cementing control over the company. Twitter's board of directors was, of course, dissolved on Thursday following Elon Musk's takeover of the company, according to securities filing on Monday. So he came in there, got rid of the entire board of directors, and just went to work. Uh, and and it's going to be interesting to see. You see Musk's inner circle work through the weekend to cement Twitter layoff plans. My second video today, I've got a bunch of individuals from Twitter, high-ranking Twitter individuals who kind of quietly tweeted about um, getting fired over the weekend. And I'm going to kind of lay those out. It seems like he's, he's really cherry-picking. And I mean that in like a good sense of people that he's going to fire. This also just breaking out. Hey, by the way, we had a huge weekend at coffeebrandcoffee.com. Thank you, everybody um, who supported. You know, I have, I, I'm always talking about the coffee, tea, and cocoa. All I'm going to talk about today is just check out some of the reviews. You know, I have nearly 3,000 reviews and you can just let them. I mean, basically every product has been reviewed mostly four or five stars i'm not just you know some drop shipping coffee thing this is the real deal uh we roast all, all of our own beans daily we have nearly a dozen teas and uh i just would love if you tried it out now interestingly 40 minutes ago emails and documents show close collaboration between department department of homeland security and private sector twitter's Vijayagadi fired by Elon Musk, 
met monthly with DHS to discuss censorship plans. Microsoft executives texted DHS, quote, platforms have got to get comfortable with the government. New iMessage. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. And sorry, I didn't ring last week. Think you're on a call this week, just trying to get us in place where the where Fed can better work with platforms to understand the mis slash disinformation trends. Relevant agencies can pre-bunk, debunk as useful. Not our mission, but was looking to play a coordinator role so not every DA is independently reaching out to platforms, which could cause a lot of chaos. So Twitter, I mean, yeah, it's pretty close to fascism, right? Twitter themselves just like admitted, well, no, it was leaked, um, that they're working directly with the government to decide what mis and disinformation are. And we already know, right? We already know that the definition of that stuff changes, is fluid, right? And when you see Vajaya Gadi on here, was on the call, the coordination greatly appreciated, was disappointed that platforms, including us, didn't offer more. We'll get there. And sector leadership had zero questions. We'll get there, and that kind of leadership really helps. Platforms have to get more comfortable with the government. It's really interesting how hesitant they remain. What? What? This is massive. Absolutely massive. And it extends even beyond Twitter. Lee Fang writes, documents show Facebook and Twitter closely collaborating with the Department of Homeland Security and FBI to police, quote, disinformation, plans to extend censorship on topics like the withdrawal from Afghanistan, the origins of COOF, information that undermines trust in financial institutions. This is a absolute... Like all, you know, shout out to uh, Lee Fang. Seems like somebody I should be following from The Intercept. You see FBI agent Laura, uh, Laura, sorry, Laura Demelo was in communication with Facebook that led to the suspension of the president's son's laptop story in 2020 over the false claims that it was disinformation. Well, now we know it wasn't disinformation, right? They probably knew at the time it wasn't disinformation. She also met with Twitter and DHS to stress that we need media infrastructure that is held accountable. This is your government working with private companies to control speech. Facebook and Twitter created special portals for the government to rapidly request slash takedowns of content. The portals along, along with partners used to censor a wide range of content, including obvious parody accounts and content disagreeing with government lockdown policies. The emails and documents show close collaboration for DHS and private sector. We have Vijaya Gotti. This is a absolute, I mean, this is nuts. And next up today, Steven Crowder banned from YouTube. Very suspicious timing as Louder with Crowder faces permanent ban. There's been another suspiciously timed banning of Steven Crowder. For those of you that know, I have a good relationship uh, with Steven and other members of his team. Um, I would count on them to back me up if something happened to me on this platform and therefore I back them up. One, I've actually been on a show at least once 
and maybe we'll uh, you know go, get that lineup to go on again. But the timing of the ban and the information around the ban is awfully suspicious. It's the time of year where Steven Crowder would gain probably the biggest traction, gain the most subscribers, um, and you know with the midterm elections. And it's one of the most spurious strikes I've seen to date. So I'm going to link his Rumble account in the description. I'm also going to link mine, you know, just since if you're, if you're one of the people, like I know a lot of people are going to move with him over to Rumble. All my videos are posted there too. So, uh, I, you know, as long as you're watching my videos, I'm happy. And, um, you know, YouTube has been purging subs. So if, if you, if you notice, please make sure you're still subscribed here on YouTube. If you haven't, please do now. Never give up, never surrender. Full thoughts on Instagram. We're going to check out. So he gets a strike. It says third strike. So the next strike is a permanent ban. Actually, the warning, the second strike. So he's one strike away from permanent ban. Our team has reviewed your content, and unfortunately, we think it violates our harassment and cyberbullying policy. We've removed the content from YouTube. It was... Elon Musk visits Twitter HQ and libs go into full meltdown. Now, they're not very specific, um, you know, in what it actually was. And this is one of the most frustrating things as a creator. But for Steven Crowder, I think I understand where he's coming from. I'm going to share a statement here because it's, it's very, very interesting. I've, I've texted him, but I know he's live filming right now. It changed my mind, so I didn't expect a, a, a reply before I had to do this video because I want to let his viewers know where they can find him too. Um, he wrote, I've been, I've been here before, but this one is very different. YouTube has issued yet another hard strike to the channel. No specifics have been provided, but they claim that our segment on Elon Musk's Twitter takeover is a violation of their deliberately opaque guidelines. Why is this one more severe than others? Well, it's our second strike in 90 days. Three strikes means permanent removal. Do you remember the reason for our last strike? It was due to none other than Carrie Lake pointing out um, some sort of information about elections and blah, blah, blah. I can't, even, I can't even say that on YouTube. And by the way, she won that anyway. Anyway, look, uh, we're going into election season. One where if the scales of the media were balanced... Conservative Republicans would win in a landslide. They can't have that. Make no mistake, there's a reason that these two strikes directly relate uh, to, quote, a future governor who has spoken out against big tech and support of a man, Elon Musk, whose purchase and plan for big tech platform would fundamentally allow more free and fair media cover, coverage of elections. We I mean, just look at what he's going to do with the blue check stuff. And all these lefty blue check people having absolute meltdowns. He continues. It's also no coincidence that this is happening as we're nearing 100 million plays and downloads within 30 days. It's not about the number. It's about you choosing truth over lies. So what do we do? Do we roll over and die? No. Starting Monday through November 17th, back on YouTube November 21st, we will be streaming exclusively on Rumble and, of course, the extended show, as always, from Mug Club, as we always do. Make no mistake, the machine is in full force. They are deathly afraid of you and the tectonic shift, which is beginning to take place in our country. Well, you know, 
it is very, very curious. You know, I, I wish that rumble was growing for other reasons. Now, I know Steven Crowder can say some spicy things, especially in the modern world of YouTube's terms of service. I, I don't, I watched that episode. I don't know if there was something in particular that I thought, mm, that's on the line. So, you know, unless YouTube provides some more context, which they usually never do, um, that's an issue. So Rumble then responds saying, immediately prior to the elections, one of, if not the largest conservative YouTuber just got another strike, preventing him from streaming until after the elections. Rumble will have all Steven Crowder's content. They say, YouTube, you're being so transparent. We're all really looking forward to Rumble becoming the streaming video site. Thank you for your assistance. I don't think Rumble will overtake YouTube in its current form, but I do think Rumble will become a much stronger competitor for content like mine, for example, independent commentary. You know, it's already so hard to get people to like notice you and, and, uh, and find your videos in the YouTube algorithm. And we're already seeing with like the Elon Musk's Twitter acquisition that there are like very real reasons for that kind of stuff. We may have had like one of the biggest stories in, in, in this country in a long time break today that the Department of Homeland Security was working directly with, it appears, Facebook and Twitter to censor United States citizens. Um, and it's like, you know, it's obviously wrong on uh, numerous levels. You know, I think as more of my viewers move to Rumble, um, you know, I don't care. You know, Rumble's actually bringing out some monetization too. So that's pretty good. Um, you know, and I always tell new content creators that, you know, by the way, Rumble needs help. Their search feature sucks. It's got to get better and it's got to get better right now. They need more normie content. So if you're a YouTuber, by the way, and you create content, even if it's like about comic books or remote control cars or um, cooking shows or, or whatever the case may be, at least mirror it over there. That's literally the bare minimum you can do. A lot of people will continue to move over there and, and the, people that, the people that take the time to at least duplicate their content, it won't be so rough when they get banned. The more people that continue to get banned off YouTube and continue to you know, create content exclusively on Rumble, the more people that are going to stay there uh, as long as Rumble can uh, <laughs> you know, keep up with the UI changes that they need to do. You know, I think Crowder has said some things that he knows create problems, but like, you know, I think that you have YouTube cracks down on Crowder channel after employees protest. I mean, don't you have a terms of service? Doesn't it, is, isn't it curious the timing of this ban? YouTube's terms of service is so like, I mean, back in December, you know, he's been one strike away from permanent suspension for a long time. The media absolutely does fear what Rumble's potential is, which is why you see so much resistance. Steven Crowder has definitely like crossed the line on a few occasions and gotten some strikes. I agree. But the, but the fact of the matter is with the YouTube terms of service being so indistinguishable, so difficult to understand, by the way, that's on purpose. They can essentially issue a strike anytime they want, you know, unless you make cat videos. And even then they might say something like, you know what I mean? 
so the timing of this strike, I think, is very suspicious. You know, that was going to be probably the biggest spot on YouTube covering, you know, at least the conservative side of the race. Of course, the Daily Wire is a thing, too. But I mean, Crowder's live streams are, you know, regular, regularly very large, including, you know, having, um, you know, uh, his, you know, his live election coverage and stuff like that. So, you know, you have sites like The Atlantic writing this article today. What if Rumble is the future of social web? The most serious of the all-tech social media platforms appealing to right-wing and anti-censorship voices often slides under the radar. What do you mean radar? Are you saying that it's bad? In a recent press release, the company claimed that it had reached 78 million monthly average users. In August, with 63 million of them being in the United States and Canada. That, according to data from SimilarWeb, Rumble now sees 10 times the traffic of Trump's Truth Social and close to 100 times the traffic of Parler. Well, I mean... One's a video site and the other two are like dead Twitter clones. Weirdly enough, Rumble's often overlooked by the mainstream. It was largely absent from the recent discourse about Kanye West supported plans to buy Parler. Barely mentioned in a recent New York Times story about disinformation. Okay. You know, what, what, that's good. Rumble just needs to keep going. Um, Right now, it's our best bet for a YouTube alternative, especially since they're, you know, bringing up monetization, which will make more creators more serious about it. Um, and, you know, to Steven, uh, this sucks. I, I, I believe that there's a, there's a non-zero chance that this was conveniently timed, if you know what I mean. Uh, and uh, I'll leave it linked to his Rumble channel, and I support Steven Crowder. And next up, Elon Musk just started firing people at Twitter and reports say 25% of total staff gone by tomorrow. Okay, I've got like one other video about the Elon v Twitter thing. Like literally, I was going to record a different video altogether. And then Elon sends out yet another tweet. This after yesterday, absolutely torching Twitter's top attorney who was crying at the company meeting after being humiliated on Joe Rogan's podcast all those years ago by Tim Pool. Not only did Elon point out the hilarious left-wing bias in their blocking of uh, the stories, uh, Twitter locking out the New York Post when they wrote the story that we now know is true, which we knew true was that what was true then about Mr. Biden's son. Uh, he just called her out again. Like, there's no way this woman has a job anymore. Like, there's just no way. Uh, and, and the memes that are coming out are absolutely hilarious. Twitter executive accuses Musk of misogyny for criticizing firm's top lawyer over her, quote, incredibly inappropriate censorship of Joe Biden's son's computer story. But Elon continues going after Twitter and points out Trump's truth social is actually beating it. Elon Musk was accused of misogyny by Twitter executive Tuesday after the two of her after two of her female executives at Twitter were singled out for criticism from the new owner of the company and his supporters. Lara Cohen, Twitter's global head of partners, reacted with anger to Musk and his followers being mean to the firm's top lawyer, Vijaya Gaddy, and chief marketing officer Leslie Berland. Is a guy is the guy who literally owns the company not allowed to provide feedback is are, are his employees allowed to just publicly drag him 
uh, and, and make him look bad and he's not allowed to make a comment? Why? There are over 7,000 employees at Twitter and I'm just certain that many of them would crave the one-on-one -on -one attention from their, their CEO. Color me shocked that people are coming in, coming for two of our prominent female executives on day one of this thing, she tweeted. Of course, it's about their gender and not the uh, censorious left-wing bias that they have. Uh, Musk himself took aim at Twitter's top lawyer for censoring stories about Joe Biden's son's computer after it was reported that she sobbed at the news that he bought the firm. Does that sound like somebody who's been unbiased? Does that sound like somebody who is trustworthy? The supporters leaked audio footage of the All Hands video link meeting Monday with questions from staff being asked by Chief Marketing Officer Leslie Berlin. I read in real time questions that come in from our employees. Berlin later tweeted, I explained, it's always open and unfiltered. An audio clip of me reading was leaked, edited, and misrepresented as my company's views. I think that that's probably fair. It's probably just her job uh, to just read the questions, and, and that's fine. Um, you know, and then you see, yet Gaddy and Berlin were not the only ones in the spotlight. Musk himself also singled out Jim Baker, Twitter's lawyer, after conservative commentator Mike Cernovich called out Baker's work. Quote, Twitter lawyer Jim Baker, when general counsel of the FBI personally arranged a meeting between the FBI and Michael Sussman, in this meeting, Sussman presented fabricated evidence in the Alpha Bank matter. Cernovich tweeted, Elon replied, this is who is inside, tweets at Elon, this is who, inside, who is inside Twitter. He facilitated fraud. Musk then replies, sounds pretty bad. Musk continued of his criticism on the platform that he's by noting that more people were downloading Donald Trump's rival, True Social, than Twitter. True Social is currently beating TikTok and Twitter on the App Store. He said, well, again, to be fair, you know, uh, to be fair, everyone already has Twitter. Um, but what's interesting is this article leaves out the other thing here. So Vijaya Gaddy, the top censorship advocate at Twitter, who famously gassed the world on Joe Rogan's podcast and censored Joe Biden's son's computer story, is very upset about Elon Musk's takeover. And you see here, Twitter's top lawyer reassures staff and cries during meeting about Elon's takeover. Well, you may remember that name as the person who went on Joe Rogan experience and got absolutely crushed by Tim Pool. Elon actually replying to this tweet directly saying, suspending the Twitter account of a major news organization for publishing a truthful story was obviously incredibly inappropriate. Wow. Wow. And then, you know, there are a few people in here who work for Twitter that tried to justify it, but we all know why they did it. We all know why they did it. We all know why they tried to bury that story long enough uh, for things to cool down, so to speak. And then Elon just tweeted this. I can't believe he actually tweeted it. Here's an example of using Tim and her. Here's an example of left, Twitter's left-wing bias. We have to take context into consideration. Twitter's interpretation of this context is affected by their left-wing bias. I would need to see an example of that. Here's an example of that, of their left-wing bias. Like, just absolutely pointing out 
exactly what everybody knows. Um, and then she went and whined and complained here as compiled by Data Racer. Twitter safety executive Vijaya Gaddy sent these three tweets to the journalist herself to smear Elon Musk. They were all screen captured within one minute of being posted at a similar time on three different posts. None, of course, done by Elon Musk. Kind of a sloppy hit job. Here's David Lee, who's kind of like, uh, you know, obsessed with Elon and, you know, trying to bring him down using his blue check mark. Moments after Elon Musk publicly criticized the work of Twitter policy exec Vijaya, her mentions are full of hateful tweets. Is this how he plans to run the company? Yes, I hope so. By the way, someone's saying F you, just quit. Uh, and all within, you know, very, very soon. Now, I'm sure that she's the one that sent this. And, you know, to be honest, obviously, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't think that that's okay. I'm, I have a feeling that she's probably, uh, probably privated her Twitter account now. Um, let's see. It's a uh, Vijaya, Vijay, Vijay, Vijaya, Babu. I, I don't remember exactly. Uh, Vijaya Gaddy. Sorry, why did I think Babu? That's that's like, uh, did I do a, a racism there? I, I, I don't know why I thought Babu. Uh, I, I was thinking of um, Seinfeld. Um, apologize, apologies, apologies. Unintentional. Um, so it's at Vijaya, okay, V-I-J-A-Y-A. -A. Is, am I blocked? Am I blocked? It looks like I'm blocked. No, she's just hidden from search. Okay. So, I mean, look, I think this person, by the way, who isn't active on Twitter, who uh, appears to be perhaps a pilot, so good on her. Um, I believe she is a political hack. I believe that she... Uh, enforces um, rules based on her own political beliefs. I believe that there is a left-wing bias at Twitter, and that is no longer in doubt. By the way, this whole Jim Baker thing is another Twitter lawyer. So Elon, I just don't think Elon... I mean, I think he's got to be careful here. Um, every time he tweets about something... People are going to say that that's going to end his deal. That's going to make his deal fall apart. I don't think it will. And next up, Henry Cavill quits The Witcher after stunning reveal Netflix writers hated the books and game. Many of you know that, well, if you're not, I guess maybe if you're new to the channel, you don't know, but I had kind of an epic back and forth with the showrunner of The Witcher last year, and I thought it was actually very productive. In fact, we made connections. I can speak to her when I need to. And she kind of softened me on some of the criticism around The Witcher. I've always felt like it wasn't, you know, I wanted to see more monster hunting. I wanted to see more like Witcher being Witcher. The Witcher basically was focused on a lot of the strong independent women who don't need no man, which it's not as if they are not important parts of the story. They certainly are. I just didn't feel like The Witcher was witchery enough. And... Now, uh, a week ago or so, it became public knowledge that many of the writers on that show actively 
disliked not only the Witcher book, but also the Witcher video game. I'm not exactly sure how that plays out. You know, maybe that explains a little bit uh, about what happened next, because then Henry Cavill quit. Now, is it coincidental timing? Sure, it could just be that. It could also be that he was like, bruh, I'm I'm making like nothing. I'm an A-list actor. Uh, I'm making almost nothing working on this, you know, show on um, uh, Netflix. Um, and, And now these people don't even like the books. And like, this was a passion project for Henry Cavill. He loved the books. He loved the story. He loved the video game. Um, and now he does, there is some news around him being coming back as Superman, but there's actually no contract for any new Superman film. He did a cameo at the end of, um, uh, Black Adam, I believe. Was it Black Adam? Yeah. But there's, he, most people say, you know, in terms of what's on the books, he's playing Superman in the Flash movie, uh, potentially that's, that's what they're. You know, that's some of the rumors. But as far as I know, there's no official Superman movie starring Henry Cavill uh, on the books. So then um, this tweet by that Star Wars girl, Anna, Henry Cavill announced he's leaving The Witcher and Liam Hemsworth is replacing him. It's 100% so he can play Superman. Plus playing The Witcher was a huge pay cut and he had to work with people who don't care about the character or the source material. I don't blame him at all. We're going to get into that second part because I think... Uh, that's true. He wrote some news to share from the continent. My journey as Geralt of Rivia has been filled with both monsters and adventures and, uh, and, ala- I'm sorry, and alas, I'll be laying down my medallion and my swords for season four. In my stead, the fantastic Mr. Liam Hemsworth will be taking up the mantle of the White Wolf. As with the greatest of literary characters, I pass the torch with reverence for the time spent embodying Geralt and the enthusiasm to see Liam's take on the most fascinating and nuanced of men. Liam, good sir, this character has such a wonderful depth to him. Enjoy diving in and seeing what you can find. So he quits. Um, you know, I think, you know, you see here, she writes, The Witcher was a great opportunity for him, and he did it out of love. It's a shame that people making the show didn't feel the same way. Now, you can look at these articles... Here, Netflix is The Witcher. Former producer claims some writers actively disliked the books and games. You have to respect the work before you're allowed to add to its legacy. Bo DeMeo, a former producer and writer on Netflix Witcher, has claimed that some of the writers on Netflix's series actively disliked Andrew Sapowski's books and CD Projekt Red's games. Now, we also saw a story last week that I'll remind you of is that CD Projekt Red has really leaned into the woke reimagining garbage. Um, and, and, you know, that's a little more concerning too for Witcher fans. As reported by the Direct, DeMeo recently participated in a Q&A on his Instagram stories where he discussed his role as showrunner on the upcoming X-Men 97 Disney Plus series. Speaking about how he assembled the production team for the project, he revealed that those involved had to be a fan of the material because that as hasn't always been his experience. Spicy. I've been on a show, namely Witcher, where some of the writers were not or actively disliked the books 
and games, even actively mocking the source material. DeMeo explained, it's a recipe for disaster and bad morale. Fandom, as a litmus test, checks egos and makes all the long nights worth it. You have to respect the work before you're allowed to add to its legacy. What an amazing, uh, like, what an amazing uh, thing to hear from somebody taking over something you love, right? Like, this is exactly what you want to hear from somebody. Not like, um, not like, uh, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Oh, why can't I think of his name? Uh, the guy that cries all the time, Kevin Smith, lying openly about, you know, being a fan of He-Man, pretending to be a fan of He-Man just so he can get paid. The fandom usually susses that stuff out and can figure it out pretty quickly. With The Witcher, uh, you know, there's kind of uh, several aspects to, uh, you know, the, the fandom. You have the fans of the video game, you have fans of the book. book. Then you have the like, Henry Cavill fans who became fans of The Witcher and probably bought the books and played the video games. Showrunner Lauren Schmidt-Hissrich uh, originally underscored the importance of the books and the original short stories when crafting The Witcher for Netflix. We've all been big fans of the books, she said. We're all big fans of the video games as well, but this is solely based on the books, and that's really where I drew inspiration from. Um, what's interesting is, like, again, just like, the, just like with Lord of the Rings, I enjoy Lord of the Rings a lot, the trilogy, right? But I am not a lore guru, so when there's like little things here and there that are not correct in terms of the lore, I'm not going to notice, so it's not going to bug me. It will for some people. Um, with The Witcher, same thing. The game, cool. The show, you know, I gave up on it after the second season. It just was boring and not enough, like, not enough Witcher fighting monsters. Um, but, like... Again, if there may have been things that were inaccurate with the lore, I don't know. I wasn't, you know, that deeply into it. Now, the third season of the hit fantasy series will bring back Cavill's Geralt. So he's in the new season, um, Yennefer and Freya Siri. The Witcher season three is coming summer of 2023. Lord Origin is out this December. You know, it's interesting to me. I'm pretty sure Cavill just got, was done playing, you know, working on TV shows. I don't know what his salary was there, but he's 40. He's only got so many years left to play Superman. I don't know why DC continues to... It's, it's a weird thing with DC and Superman, isn't it? I mean, there's no reason there shouldn't be a freaking Superman movie every three years. Why does DC continue to ignore Superman? You wasted you know, Henry Cavill's prime. Now he's 40. I mean, he still obviously looks great, and he can play Superman. But I mean, I would have liked to see him playing Superman in his mid thirties. I'd like to have you know five or six Superman movies. It's like they kept waiting to for some other hero to take off, and like they can't even get Batman right most of the time. I mean, how do you script Superman? Everybody loves Superman. Uh, everyone loved Henry Cavill as Superman. If there were people that didn't like Henry Cavill as Superman, I didn't hear from him. He looked the part. Fans love him. He passes the smell test with fandoms, which isn't always easy, especially in like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, where you get all these like Hollywood weirdos being like, oh yeah, I've always been a fan of this obscure DC Comics character. So I, 
I mean, no, I mean, again, also no, sh no shade at uh, Liam Hemsworth. He writes, as a Witcher fan, I'm over the moon about the opportunity to play Geralt of Rivia. Henry Cavill has been an incredible Geralt, and I'm honored that he's handing me the reins and allowing me to take up the White Wolf's blades for the next chapter of his adventure. Henry, I've been a fan for years, a year uh, for year of yours for years, and was inspired by what you brought to this beloved character. I may have some big boots to fill, but I'm excited. I mean, cool, good for him. You know, and I think Liam Hemsworth could probably pull it off. You know, I think it's more about like the show um, itself that I'm more worried about. I mean, Geralt was awesome as a Witcher. I don't know how they're going to address that he just looks totally different now. If they're just going to go on and, and, and let it be. But when you start hearing these stories about, you know, working with writers that actively didn't like the book, actively didn't like the games... Knowing Henry Cavill, he probably just said it ain't worth it anymore. I'm actually surprised that they're going to continue The Witcher without him. Um, it's probably going to depend on the overall ratings from Season 3, to be honest with you. And I'm still going to give Season 3 a, a chance because I made a personal promise to Lauren Hissrich that I would. And uh, we'll see how it goes. But, you know, the show's got to get a lot better for me to really be that invested in it. I love what Henry Cavill brings to projects with his passion and his, his um, appreciation of fandom. But I think it's at least a non-zero percent chance, a non-zero chance that he gets sick of working with people that don't like The Witcher. And next up, Elon Musk makes leftists explode with rage over new Twitter policy. I think we're reaching levels of blue checkmark screeching that might actually rival the 2016 election, as Elon Musk has floated the idea of charging $20 a month to remain verified on the platform, among other things you would get. He wants to increase the price of Twitter blue. He wants to um, uh, add additional features like allowing people to upload longer form format, longer form video stuff. I actually considered um, going to Twitter blue at five bucks a month because I'm not verified. Once you're verified, you can upload longer videos, but I'm not verified, which fine, don't care. Uh, but for five bucks a month to upload my videos uh, on YouTube, on Twitter, once shadow bans are actually lifted and stuff, it might seem, it might be worth it. I don't know. But the level of screeching from this has been <sighs> nothing short of, of pure legendary. Thanks everyone for subscribing this week too. I know I've been kind of re- Repushing that, reinvigorated, and asking people to subscribe, but um, it really is helping. So if if you haven't yet, please do subscribe down below. Elon Musk has start charging users high monthly fee for verification. New Twitter CEOs reportedly start charging twenty dollars per month to be verified on the platform. In what is expected to be a new package, the social media company is set to offer. The Verge reported that. The directive is to change Twitter Blue, the company's optional $5 a month subscription that unlocks additional features into a more expensive subscription that also verifies users. According to sources and documents, the publication accessed. While pricing is subject to change, the plan is to charge $20 for new Twitter Blue. The report said that people with existing verified accounts will have 90 days to sign up for the package or they will lose their verification badge. Re the reason this is such a big deal, like being verified is irrelevant. Um, it, and, and by the way, it's also arbitrarily uh, handed out. Like there's no reason if you're saying, hey, we verify people of note, 
there's no reason that like the quartering's official Twitter shouldn't be verified, right? It, except for the fact that they don't like my politics. Um, you know, it's obvious. There are people with like 1,800 followers that are verified. Why? Why do they need to be verified? There are actual literal accounts impersonating me on Twitter. The whole purpose of verification is to say, hey, this is the actual person, and they turn my verification down forever. So whatever. Um, the thing, the reason that they're screeching so badly is because this literally to a lot of these people, it's who they are. Like they probably tell people IRL, like in, in the bar, they probably tell chicks or dudes or whatever uh, that they're verified on Twitter. I guarantee that they'll say something like, oh, hey, is that a, uh, is that a vegan soy latte? Ooh, that looks delicious. Uh, I was just tweeting about that on my verified Twitter account the other day. And then like, you know, <laughs> I just, you know, then their wife's boyfriend comes home and then whatever, whatever happens, you know, like that, you know, that, that that's what it is. Now, I actually don't think this is a good plan and I'll tell you why, but Musk tweeted Sunday evening. The whole verification process is being revamped right now. Musk is reportedly set to cut up to 50% of the workforce at Twitter in the very near future. I think we know it's about 25 right now. New York Times reported that Musk ordered the cuts across the company with some teams to be trimmed more than others, adding that some managers are being asked to drop a list of employees to cut. I mean, 50% is reasonable, I think. You got to remember, too, that if, uh, if, um, you know, there's a lot of redundancies, I'm sorry, with Tesla, they already have engineers and programmers and stuff like that, that probably have capacity. So there's going to be part of kind of the stereotypical takeover going on right now. And then there's also going to be like, you know, Hey, we're looking at this and there's an awful lot of bloat at this company. You see, maybe hold off on applying for a blue tick. Please confirm whether or not this is true. Does this apply to Twitter? By the way, so here's why I think it's dumb. Okay. I get, if, if Elon Musk added enough value for content creators to pay the $20 a month, say the longer video format, um, access to, I don't know, you know, if you guaranteed me that I wasn't being shadow banned, if you were doing all this kind of stuff, um, you know, okay. Shoe on head, check mark tax. You know, that's fine. <laughs> you know, you see the the screeching. Stephen King, twenty dollars a month to keep my blue check. F that. They should pay me if that gets instituted. I'm gone like Enron. Wait, what? I'm not exactly sure what that what that means. I mean, and and also like the blue check. If he makes it something that you purchase, I don't really understand what the point of it is. I think what Elon needs to do is add value to Twitter blue. Okay. Like let people like me who aren't verified still upload and this and that. And then it also be to look at why some people are verified. Some people aren't, you know, I think you could take it away from everybody and then begin opening up you know, a much more stringent like uh, application process. You know, you've got to have X, you know, you've got to pr provide information, you know, prove you're yourself. But, you know, there's also a non-accounts that need to be verified too for other reasons. So I, I think 
I think it's hilarious because of these lunatics. They they literally make it their whole life being verified. But like, there's really no point to it. There's no point to um, the check mark other than it is a literal status symbol. This year, Matthew Chapman. Don't know who you are, but uh, oh, you work for you're a reporter. Hey, Elon, I'm not paying $240 a year to stay verified. No one will. Wrong. Wrong. There will be loads of people who still pay for it, especially if Elon adds enough value. I don't care about the check mark. I care about the value. The only value you really get as a verified Twitter user now is like a separate tab, so you can only look at people who are verified. It's not a status symbol. Yes, it is. It's a security feature. Making it a paid service will hurt a ton of journalists and make make fake news spread more easily. Didn't the didn't um Vanity Fair or Variety or somebody at the Atlantic today say, "Oh, we need um we need Koof uh amnesty. You know, we were wrong about everything, but you can't we should be we should be okay. We shouldn't be able to hold that. You shouldn't be able to hold that against us." You still don't seem to get it. Twitter's users are not the customers. We are the product. The advertisers and the customers charging journalists for a security feature at a price no one will pay. These people spend that much money on their triple frap, no fat, no animal milk lattes twice a day. It will make the site less reputable. Are you, are you joking? You see a lot of people, if the security of your journalism isn't worth $20 a month, it's not a valuable enough contribution to need to be secured. I don't disagree with that. He knows that's the entire point. Disrupt communication and the flow of information. (laughs) He gets it. It's not a bug. It's a feature. Money doesn't matter. Really not the point. And he wasn't forced. This is what he wanted. You know, just say it hurts your vanity. Don't make this about misinformation because that's that's really what it is. Like, that's really what it is. Like, you know, Twitter may charge money. Some vow they won't pay. Believe me, they will. Now, here's the thing. There are people that, like, let's say they're not media. This is why I don't love this idea. Like, let's say you're not, like, a media. You're not using Twitter to make money. You're not using Twitter to support yourself. But there's some reason that you need to be verified. I'm not sure that forcing John Q. Public to pay $20 for that um, makes sense. You know, unless Twitter gets better at at getting rid of imposter accounts, which they're not very good at. You know, lol, I'm not paying $240 a year to provide free content for this site while also being the product. I mean, you're, you're thinking awfully highly of yourself. Oh, you're a climate reporter. Okay, well, that's fine. Kara Swisher, hard no. I pay half as much for Netflix, and I get my Cobra Kai, call my agent, and more, wait, for free, and I don't have to endure stupidly obvious and painfully wit-free jokes. What? I'll never pay for Twitter. And this is the thing. I actually get this. For example... People are pretending they don't care about the blue check mark. They do. Their cope is real. Okay. You're David Hogue saying, I'm not going to pay for this check mark. Good. You don't really have to. You know, t- Twitter knows. I mean, you could basically look at a quartering account that has six followers 
an according account that has 200,000 followers and know the difference. Uh, it's very rare. And there are systems in place to flag down uh, imposter accounts the way they are as it stands. The other thing is 99% of Twitter users are not verified and don't need to be verified. So it's not going to affect the actual user base of the platform. You know what I mean? I think Elon knows that. The average Twitter user doesn't care. The average Twitter user looks at blue check marks as like uh, an elitist class of douchebags. Last up today, new leaks prove the US government used Twitter and Facebook to censor Americans. DHS leaks are huge. This might be the biggest story of our time. Uh, I might, pro I'll probably live stream later to talk about it too because it's, it's bananas. Uh, I, I doubt you'll see anybody on the mainstream press covered outside of maybe Fox News. This, this D DHS leaks thing, yikes. The story's been developing throughout the day. I actually mentioned it in my first video of the day that Vijay Gotti had been, uh, who is the former Trust and Safety Council person, had been basically colluding with Homeland Security on how to censor Americans, uh, a direct violation of our First Amendment right. Uh, essentially, the, the government was using private corporations to uh, suppress speech. Absolutely insane. By the way, starting in 2020. Starting in 2020, DHS began meeting with Twitter, Facebook, and Wikipedia, and more, sorry, monthly to coordinate, quote, content moderation efforts. This, the government shall not be infringed. Uh, you, you have, like, um, you know, rights, our First Amendment right. This is your government ignoring that. I, I can't tell you how huge a story is, and I just, I don't know, like, I'm not going to be, not going all Timmy that this is going to bring on the civil battle, but, I mean, people should be, like, if you, have, if you have politicians that you like and they're not talking about this, ask them why. The Department of Homeland Security has been working to influence big tech platforms. This became originally evident when Biden administration launched their ill-fated disinformation governance board back in early 2022, but it's been a focus of their efforts even beyond that now defunct unit and before. Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt filed a lawsuit that revealed by appended meeting minutes that former Microsoft executives Matt Masterson, who was formerly an official with the DHS, told a DHS director in February 2022 that platforms have got to get comfortable with the government. It's really interesting how interesting how hesitant they remain. This according to The Intercept. Prior to 2020, it was reported that DHS met with Twitter, Facebook, and Wikipedia and other platforms in order to coordinate content moderation operations. These meetings were part of an ongoing initiative. We saw collusion and collaboration between the Department of Homeland Security and Big Tech to determine how, quote, misinformation would be dealt with on these platforms. Of course, we know... There is the dictionary definition of misinformation. And then there is the misinformation that, you know, seems the definition that seems to change with the wind. And the rules that enforce it seem to be politically motivated to some people. Areas that came out of the purview included the withdrawal from Afghanistan, undertaken, undertaken disastrously by President Joe Biden, 
as well as the origins of the coof, which became controversial enough that users were kicked off social media platforms for expressing the hypothesis that it may have originated somewhere. A Senate, uh, Senate report found last week that this was most li- the, the most likely scenario, by the way. Information that could undermine trust in financial institutions was also targeted. The Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency Act, signed by President Donald Trump, opened the door to this as it formed a new branch within the DHS, which then undertook the deal, under, undertook to deal with uh, the online disinformation. The CISA can, uh, stated that it's understanding that the mission of the branch of the DHS was evolved and meant to communicate their concerns on disinformation to social media companies directly. Social media companies took DHS's word for it. And also, they created special portals, like direct portals for the government, which are still live, to get people banned or content removed. Much of this effort became evident as a result of an attempt to fight disinformation in the lead-up to the 2020 presidential election. Both Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg and then Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey spoke about their platform's effort to suppress and censor reporting from the New York Post. They did this in part because the FBI had told them, had told these platforms to, quote, watch out for misinformation dumps. It's almost like they knew it was coming. During the election, there were weekly teleconference calls to coordinate intelligence community activities to counter election-related disinformation. Since then, meetings have taken place every two weeks. The government had its finger all over social media companies. DHS would tell social media companies what they wanted off the platform via, quote, takedown requests. Then the platforms would submit reports to the government. They would be called on to process report and provide timely responses to include the removal of reported misinformation from the platform where possible. This is your government ignoring your First Amendment rights and using and using private corporations to do it. I, I mean, that's exactly what this is. This was specifically done with election misinformation or information, which would be flagged by state officials, submitted to the DHS, and then they would tell social media companies to pull it. FBI official Laura Demlo stated her concern in March that big tech companies were not accountable to the government, saying, we need a media infrastructure that is held accountable. There is also a formalized process for government officials to directly flag content on Facebook or Instagram and request that it be throttled or suppressed through a special Facebook portal that requires a government or law enforcement email to use. At the time of this writing, the content request system at Facebook is still live. DHS and Meta, the parent company of Facebook, did not respond to requests for comment. The FBI declined to comment, the Intercept reports. This is, this is massive. Massive. This is a, I mean, if you look at, you know, the hashtag on Twitter, I mean, it should be the number one trending thing. And I can't believe Elon hasn't said anything about it yet. Now we know, according to Jack Posobiec, now we know who is behind the algorithm, trending, Wikipedia, and search results all along. It was the feds. DHS held meetings with the FBI, Twitter, and Facebook, Wikipedia, and JP Morgan about censorship operations. Everything they told you was a lie. According to Minds, Facebook built an entire user interface experience for the government to request takedowns of misinformation. Zuckerberg conveniently forgot to mention this new censorship app on Rogan the other day. <clears throat> Here's Christian Collins, 
The DHS leaks make it clear the Biden regime is literally out to get its citizens. And you basically have like the FBI investing individuals now. You have Jack Posobiec. FBI officials are being reassigned from Terry's to investigate Americans. Another FBI official, a joint Terry task force officer, described the intercept being reassigned this year from the Bureau's International Terry Division, where they have primarily worked on that, to Domestic Division to investigate Americans using anti-government individuals, such as, you know, whatever. They're, they're, they're in investigating Americans. She went ahead, quote, it's a privately held company. This is, this is like one of those things where like, I don't care what your politics are. Like, this should shock you. And if your local, and if your government, your senators, congresspeople aren't outraged by this, then they're in on it. Quote, it's a private company. It can do whatever it wants. The government is dodging First Amendment violations by working with said private companies in order to suppress what people can say. She's 100% right. It's a private company. It can do what it wants. It was never a defense. It was a threat. She's 100% right. Representatives from J.P. Morgan Chase attended virtually all DHS meetings about federal government efforts to censor, quote, disinformation on social media. Are they laying the groundwork for debanking to become even more mainstream strategy? Of course they are. 100% without a doubt, debanking people is going to be far more common. We see it with companies like uh, uh, MasterCard getting people banned from Patreon and, and payment processors, things of that nature. By the way, if you made it this far in the video and you haven't subscribed, and I don't care what platform you're on, if you're on YouTube, Rumble, Odyssey, BitChute, please subscribe. This is going to be a huge story, and you just know it's going to be suppressed. So you can help by, I'm not saying you have to share all my videos, but videos about this would probably really benefit from being shared. And it's like, are we going to get to the time now where people like, I'm legitimately considering like, you know, do people need to just, you know, Make sure to keep cash around. You know what I mean? Get your money out. You know, taking, protecting your money. I mean, if you ever try to go take out, like let's say you have to pay a contractor and you have to take out 10 grand, they want to be paid in cash. Your bank doesn't have, you know, your bank's going to tell you you got to come back in five days. This stuff is nuts. Now, I'm of course not... You see Benny Johnson, DHS leaks on Twitter, on trends on Twitter after bombshell report reveals DHS began to consider censoring, quote, misinformation during the 2020 election and plans to censor information in terms of the origins of the coup, the poke, racial justice, and the withdrawal from Afghanistan. This is far more significant than Watergate. This is what this person says DHS leaks is more significant than Watergate. Oh my God. Yeah, it's way more significant. I mean, you have these people working with social media. Why do you think they wanted Elon to not buy Twitter so badly? Why do you think the machine worked so hard to stop him and is freaking out so much? How much of this is he going to find during his internal investigations now? How much is he going to see? How much is he going to see that Twitter was involved working hand-in-hand hand with our, the United States government to infringe on our First Amendment rights. This story is massive. You should be talking about it. You should be tweeting about it, using the hashtag. You should be 
making videos about it if you're a content creator. Um, it's it's nuts. It's 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 an attack on the American people, on our constitutionally provided rights. I mean, it's it's actually insane. And 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 you know, it's like how can you ever trust any of these platforms? You just can't. You, this is this is the biggest. I mean, this is it's such a massive story. Make sure you subscribe, spread this video. Make sure you st stay tuned. I will continue to update uh, as new information breaks. I'm sure I'll have a new video about updates tomorrow as everyone starts to respond to this. Yikes.